Trash, The Final Frontier. The final of these seven seas. Welcome to the bridge of the Starship Revenge, a podcast miniseries covering Star Trek's strange new worlds. I'm your Captain Justin, and joining me on our landing party are my quartermaster Jude and our Boswin Anna. Uh, Jude, Anna, what's your favorite pirate movie? Uh, ooh, good question. Uh, ooh, uh, mmm, shit. Uh, that is a a tight tie between uh what is objectively I'm going to do it again I don't care uh the best the best treasure island uh reinterpretation treasure planet and uh what I believe to be the best uh Errol Flynn movie Captain Blood Are we are we going to have to like throw hands over uh Muppets again. Treasure Island versus <laughs> again because uh, I was going to say Muppets Treasure Island, obviously. Yeah. Nope. I mean, Muppets Treasure Island is the correct Disney adaptation answer. I haven't, I haven't watched a lot of pirate media. You should. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm obligated here to like step in and say a little bit about Captain Blood. Uh, yes. Errol Flynn probably would have been canceled pretty early in his career if he lived today. That said, He's dead, and he's not collecting royalties if you stream his movies now. So you should go watch Captain Blood, because it's a fucking ridiculous movie, and it's great. And it has one of... So, A, it is uh, one of the t- one of his classic team-up films. I really love Errol Flynn. Uh, it's how I got into fencing. I watched Errol Flynn movies with my grandma, and then she took me to see The Prisoner of Zenda in the Stanford Theater which I think you may be familiar with. Yeah, it's great. So she took me to see Prisoner of Zenda, which does not have Errol Flynn, but it's still a great sword fighting movie. And I got into fencing. Anyway, uh, Captain Blood is one of his original outings with Olivia de Havilland. They have bananas chemistry. Olivia de Havilland is like, gives no fucks and is sassy as shit. Um, She buys him for like three bucks and and a handful of pocket change uh, after he is arrested for I don't know it's not clear like what's going on he's some sort of like doctor and he gets sold into slavery cuz he sasses a judge it's weird it's dumb anyway there is an unbelievably good sword fight at the end uh between him and um Basil Rathbone that is a classic so anyway go watch the movie he's done a whole bunch of stupid movies but that is my favorite and it is also a great pirate movie because they have a pirate code that has absolutely nothing to do with being a pirate. They're like, yeah, we're going to be pirates and stand for truth and loyalty and nothing to do with pirates. And nobody says are. I have to I have to read this quote. I pulled up uh, I pulled up the Wikipedia page for Errol Flynn so I could look up the name of Basil Rathbone yeah. because I can't remember. Olivia de Havilland uh, speaking about uh, the adventures of Robin Hood had this to say. We had one kissing scene, which I looked forward to with great delight. I remember I blew every take, maybe six, seven, maybe eight in a row, and we had to kiss all over again. And Errol Flynn got really rather uncomfortable, and he had, if I may say so, a little trouble with his tights. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, 
you probably aren't going to leave that oh, in there. But we we are. It is. It's still like ninety five here in California. So I'm I'm going through like the first stages of heat stroke. Um, but tonight we are covering. I don't know. We thought we had fun with episode five, Spock and Buck. Episode seven, the Serene Squall, might be one of my genuinely favorite pieces of Trek that has come out in this century. Yeah, yeah, both both of them are up there. Every time I think this show is like, I remember I watched Spock and Buck and I was like, this show is out of control. How do they, they give us this absolute candy of an episode and then they give us the serene squall and it's just like, all right, it's not fair. Uh, this show is too good. And then we get episode eight and it's it like, just keeps going. It's like two episodes that are on par with trials and tribulations. Oh yeah. yeah. Quick reference for this for this episode. While Dr. Aspen and Captain Angel use they them pronouns, Jesse James Keatley uses she, her, and they them pronouns. So just for just for a quick reference for both us at Homekeeping Trek, as well as you listeners, if you misgender someone in the comments, you will be blocked and you owe me you owe me twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is episode seven, The Serene Squall, written by Bo DeMaio and Sarah Tarkoff, directed by Sydney Freeland. Uh, Our episode opens with... Fun fact, Sydney Freeland is also trans. Yes. If you did not know that. Yes, uh, that, that is in my notes, which I believe makes her the first... Uh, if you can find... If somebody can find something else, I believe that this is the first trans director that has directed a Star Trek episode. Or if I'm wrong, please let me know. I just thought that was super, super cool. I was... Uh, Jess Bush uh, wrote some very lovely things about her on her Instagram. So our episode opens up with T'Pring, who tells Spock that she has been researching human sexuality to better understand their relationship, including Henry Miller, Eric Young, and Maggie Nelson. Henry uh, Miller? Spock is a little over... Sorry. Tropic Cancer. Uh, it's just a weird cut. It's just a weird cut. Like, that is not the first book I would read for human sexuality, but continue. I mean, I'm sure if you Google it, it's like, like you know, you just get, like, a bunch of recommendations. I'm, I'm sure T'Pring just clicks, like, the first four... Read a couple and is like, okay, what do experts actually say? Uh, Spock is a little overwhelmed, and he confesses these feelings to Chapel as they're uh, walking and talking. And Chapel suggests that he's trying to be too smart about the problem. You know, should be a little bit more chill and understand uh, what's going on. On the mission front, the Enterprise is going beyond Federation borders to help some colony ships that have lost power. Aiding in the crew in their mission is a civilian, Dr. Aspen, who is familiar with the territory. Aspen warns the crew about a pirate ship, the Serene Squall, which has been active in the area. They reach that sector and go beyond Federation speech when they find two of the three missing vessels. They are eventually able to find a distress signal, which turns out it is a trap <laughs> uh, that catches them in an energy field. They're able to disable the energy field that they guess from Spock. Eventually, they find their remaining colony ship, and there's life sign aboard. But when Pike takes a away team over, oh no, that's also a trap. <laughs> uh, the away team is taken captive, and pirates storm the Enterprise. Chapel and Spock escape to engineering, but when they lift the lockdown on the ship, it turns out, surprise, bitch! Dr. Aspen is not Dr. Aspen, but instead, they are the fearsome Captain Angel, leader of the Serene Squall. Angel contacts the rehabilitation facility that T'Pring works for, and Angel demands that a prisoner named Zaverius is released to them. T'Pring says she will not cooperate, but Angel's like, here's, here's some coordinates, come here or I'll kill your boo. <laughs> 
Angel reveals to Spock and Chapel that they love the prisoner Zavarius and has like a whole history with that with uh, Zavarius. When they reach the coordinates, a Vulcan ship is there and Angel issues their ultimatum. They have 10 minutes for a prisoner swap. They shoot Spock uh, on stun and say the next one's for kill. Uh, in a gamble, Chapel declares to Angel and to Pring that she has been having an affair with Spock. Uh, Angel finds it laughable and calls their bluff. Spock then just... <laughs> Sorry, this is just... It's a really funny episode. Uh, Spock then kisses Chapel, which leads to Pring to be, quote-unquote, convinced of uh, to end their betrothal. Infuriated, Angel orders the pirates to attack the ship, but weapon systems are locked out. And that is because, in the meantime, the rest of the crew have been inciting a mutiny on the pirate ship! A pirate mutiny! <laughs> Between cooking dinner, talking with an Orion named Remy, and shit-stirring the crew, they have taken a temporary command of the Squall and used the Enterprise's command codes to take the ship down. Pike tells Angel to get the hell out of his chair, and uh, Ortegas is able to disable the Enterprise, quote-unquote, gently. (laughs) Angel escapes using a transporter hidden in their jewelry, and the crew resume command of Enterprise. Spock and T'Pring make up, and Pike does a bad pirate voice. Afterwards, Chapel and Spock talk things out, and Spock praises Chapel's improvisation. He also says he believes Zavarius is an alias, as he knows who the prisoner is. It is, in fact, a child that Ambassador Sarah cut out of wedlock. Spock's after... Cybok? We're doing fucking Cybok? Fuck it. I quit. I quit this podcast. I'm done. <laughs> uh, God, where to begin with this fucking episode? Keitel is absolutely fantastic in both roles in equally it's... different ways. Yeah. Uh, the, the absolute drama royalty yeah. as Angel. Oh, absolutely. Camp. Like, it is perfect. Lounging Camp. all over the chair and vamping all over the place. But then also, like, is legitimate like she plays aspen as legitimately empathetic and understanding with a a lot of real good nuance there uh which i thought was a real nice touch i it's not like i didn't see it coming but i didn't do you know what i mean like it wasn't telegraphed yeah so it's like yeah I think the thing that is like like the original Doctor Aspen, who we are told is alive on some planet somewhere, probably, maybe, probably, we'll see. I don't know. We'll uh, probably ended up on SETI Alpha Five. <laughs> <laughs> the original Doctor Aspen was like a Starfleet counselor, and yeah. Angel plays that role very well. Yeah, yeah. Who's like very understanding. Like, tries to actually, like, play counselor to Spock of, like, hey, you know, you don't have, you, you aren't human or Vulcan. You are a blend of these things. You don't have to think of, you don't have to think of this as a binary. <laughs> Which <laughs> is super subtle. It's super yeah. subtle. Like a fucking sledgehammer to the knees. It's a, it's a great follow-up from Spock Amok. Yeah, there's a great, there's a, a great meme that has floated around since this episode where that is just a screen cap of that scene. And the header on it is uh, star Trek says trans rights or something like that. And it's like, it could not have been more transparent. Like what was being said in that scene. I want that, but I also want to, but I also want like there to be a second image, which is Aspen lounging in the, ca- the captain's chair 
and trans wrongs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Kyle was really uh, had a really great Instagram post after when the, after the episode aired about that fact about like enjoying the fact that like trans characters can be all kinds of characters. Yeah. I it's a lot of fun. I I legitimately think that this is like a like Ducat Galron level of just like oh absolutely insanity of Star Trek villain that I love yeah of just yeah. like like lore like lore con Ducat you know it, it's yeah it's there's perfect uh, no way that this character does not come back I, I oh, will I will eat the fact that we've had an we, entire Starfleet like, uniform if this character does not come back. They're, they're amazing as a character, and I love all the Vulcan shit between this one and Spock Amok. Um, mm. It really gets to a lot of the stuff that I love with Vulcans and like their relationships with emotion, and Spock in particular as being like a child of two worlds. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the, the dialogue between Angel as aspen and spock where you know it's like he's like well i'm half human and half vulcan and it's like well that's genetics and well i was raised on vulcan well that's geography (laughs) and you know like none of that being like none of that is saying who you actually are yeah what was that full quote i i was dying uh when i when i was watching this episode and like recapping it as I was watching it. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. Knowing that Aspen is in fact Angel, like it doesn't get old the second time you watch through it. Oh, because no, you're absolutely like, not. Oh, no. Oh, no. I I think one of my favorite things is like how, like, I didn't like, you know, when I, when I was like live tweeting or everything, I was like, uh, Aspen's like first look at dinner is really cool. It's like a, like sort of like a chic, like, hoodie yeah 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 um, and, and i was like "Ooh, i love that that's like sort of goals right there and then like they show up in that like fantastic bodysuit yeah and yeah. i was like oh 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 with the <laughs> with the like translucent panels yeah um also the the uh their workout outfit when when they're like clubbing in their quarters yeah um that's a really good look too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fantastic and um apparently uh Kino's like I was that was a lot of fun but the day before we filmed I was out in Toronto and I got sunburned. Oh no. <laughs> and I was like so there was just like like every time I moved in that suit it was just like scraping and it was like was did I look great in it? Yes. Was there a price paid? Oh, you bet. <laughs> yeah. We should have, I like, I should have called that they were a pirate because they have a fucking like Kraken tattoo. Yeah. yeah. God. Also, also fantastic. I really love that scene where she's like sassing him about geography and the look on his face is just like, I don't know how to respond to that. He, it's, it's clearly, I love that Aspen, Angel as Aspen just completely is able to walk circles around Spock on that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I also really love, this will come as no surprise, I also really love that they are utterly un- unconvinced by Chapel and Spock kissing. They're just... 
<laughs> just like, what the fuck is this hetero bullshit? Yeah, no, <laughs> not remotely sold. Not remotely sold. Uh, and Tapring is just like, oh, okay. This is how we're doing this. I gotta sell this. I gotta sell this shit. Shit. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Who? Meanwhile, I'm back here at my computer fanning myself furiously. Uh, <laughs> but God, that whole scene, just because Angel's so angry. Like, not because, <laughs> just because it's dumb. Like, you can tell that Angel doesn't mind being beaten as much as they mind being beaten with something that's stupid. Yeah, right. It's like right. it's like I did this. I set up this entire elaborate production, and I got beaten by a fake love triangle. Yeah, a fake love triangle. <laughs> Not even a real love triangle. A fake love triangle. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's so good. Speaking of chapel, I learned a really cool thing uh, lurking on Jess Bush's Instagram. Uh, she shadowed uh, the director of this episode while it was filming. Uh, so I thought that was. That was a very cool bit. I think it sounds like Bush is interested in getting into directing. So I think it would be cool if we someday see a Nurse Chapel directed episode. Yeah. And that's a, that's a long-standing track tradition. Yeah. And that's funny because I find that really funny with your uh, the comments in the Discord about how your chapel is the Riker of Strange New Worlds. Good God. Um, and now Riker's... Because, of course, Jonathan Frakes went on to direct a ton of... He's he's done a ton of directing. He's probably directed more Star Trek than he's been in at this point. No. No. <laughs> no, not quite. It's impossible. You'd have to direct seven whole seasons of 26 episodes Yeah, that's each. a fair point. Um, yeah. God, yeah, but he... It's. I just thought it was very cool that the director took the time to let a, let the actor hang out and shadow and, and, and teach. I thought that was very cool. Yeah. I really hope we see Angel again. I, like yeah, I said, I, 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 I'll, I'll slather it in HP sauce and wolf down an entire Starfleet uniform. If we don't, there's no way they, they have their we, convenient, we got the whole tease with Cybok. little, yeah, yeah. They tease the Cybok thing. They're not going to, they're not going to dangle a Cybok tease without coming back to it. They teleport out with their little thingy, they have the ship, their little ship that's like following the Enterprise discreetly at a distance. I love that little ship. It's just like, like a little, little drone ship. It's got like little spider legs. Yeah, there's oh no, my God, yeah. There's no way. There's no way. Maybe not this season, but there's no way that Angel does not come back at some uh, point. Also, I mean, let's 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 talk about the 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 Vulcan in the room here. Cyborg. I cannot. I I cannot believe, like. This has got to be the biggest dick swing from like uh, a strange new worlds of like, how good do we think our show is? We are bringing back. What does God need with a starship cyborg? The trying to redeem one of the, every recap of this episode I saw summarized cyborg as like hailing from what is argue what is inarguably the lowest point in the Star Trek franchise. Like, every no, single... That's not true. Every Threshold si exists. What's that? Threshold exists. I'm just saying, all of these recaps w had notes like that. Like, refer to uh, Star Trek... What is it? The Undiscovered Country or whichever one it was from. I don't remember. Um, yeah. Very ungenerate. Very uncharitably. Oh, yeah. Like... The final frontier is 
I don't want to be super uncharitable, but I think it's the closest, like, it almost crosses the point where it stops being so bad it's fun uh, to being just plain bad at points. <laughs> But it's still fun. Like uh, we're not we're not going to get into Trek movie discourse. We're not going to get into Trek movie discourse. Um, but I think it's just wild that it's just like you know after after spend you know after spending Discovery with Spock's other sibling, that it's like and everybody's like, hey, what about that other sibling? And it's like, listen, Spock has been lying about siblings his entire <laughs> life. Why do you think there are not three more? <laughs> Yeah. God, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where they go with it. I, I think we're gonna. I like if it's not if it's not in the last two episodes of the season because we've watched through episode eight. I assume that'll be a season two thing. Yeah, yeah. and that that gives them time because I, I, I just assume it's like going to be one of those things of like over the course of the summers that like we will hear. We will hear about a casting, and <laughs> the internet will melt down. And I mean. And then we'll forget about it for like eight months, and then it'd be like, right, Cyborg. Right, yeah. Do we do we want to talk about Tapring and how how hard she's trying, and like, and uh and how badly it's going? <laughs> so, yeah, I I want to say that I think like everything Tapring is doing is like from a thing of like this woman is a saint. And she's tried to make it work. Yeah, yeah. I, she's I, just, it's, it's, I cannot, like, I cannot believe how much I stand her. It, of just, yeah. like, she can do no wrong right now. Yeah. Like, she is reading books. But I think that there is a thing about, like, hey, I've been reading about human sex. And. It begs the question. For Spock's entire arc is, like, trying to reject humanity. I'm wondering if that has, like, the thing of, like. Maybe like unintentionally othering Spock, like in that relationship dynamic. Well, for me, it felt like the thing of um, that she's just and and like her reasoning for it is good in some ways where she's like, I thought, you know, my interpretation is that it's the onus is on me to better understand you on this. Yeah. But at the same time, she's way she's like go. She's like gone from like zero to 60 here of like she's doing it as a vulcan what right like she's just way too intense on this and not like hey you know maybe this is something that we could explore together like in small bites it's like okay so i've read three books that you haven't read but you've obviously read them because of your human part right but but you haven't read them i guess (laughs) so okay but okay (laughs) so i i have thoughts because as it turns out, humans are not a cultural monolith, unlike every other alien species in Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. And and just like <laughs> it's it's the thing of like that she's gotten way too into this. And if she had like maybe like come forward with like a reading list being like, maybe we could read these together and talk about them, I think that that would be perhaps a better tactic than like, I have read all these things that you haven't read. Let us discuss. So Here's the question I have. How is it possible that she didn't even mention, like, I get that they're not going to have her say like, so instead I've been, I've been watching your human porn hub. <laughs> like it's Star Trek. She's obviously not going to say that, even though we know for a fact, 
because we watched a lot of Babylon 5 that that's absolutely what she would actually be doing. Like, if you wanted to research human sex, you would just watch human porn. I mean, except except that she's a Vulcan. Right. So what would you watch? You would watch a lot of humans have sex. If you wanted to understand it. No, you would, no, you would read academic it. books on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, but because why not, wouldn't she read? She, she's not a social scientist. She is, in fact, involved in prison rehabilitation. So therefore, she's doing it from a philosophical standpoint. I'll allow it. Uh, she she's she's the she is a Vulcan who in fact is not a science Vulcan. Yeah, valid. I think it's, it's I just think it's interesting that they don't even mention like the Kama Sutra. It's all like weird literature and stuff. Which I th- well, I mean, it's it's all philosophy of sex. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is is interesting. It's appropriate. I just think it's funny that like it's very speaks very to her character that like. Well, and and I think that what she's trying to understand is like less. The nuts and bolts of like, <laughs> how do humans fuck? <laughs> nuts yeah. and bolts. It seems like it seems like she has figured right. that out. Yeah, I think we figured that out. Sorry, they, they seem to be okay at that. Yeah. Like, I'm still laughing about nuts and bolts. I'm sorry, I'm trying to get it together. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, it's okay. It's still. Oh, God, why is my phone hot? But yeah, it's 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 less about like. How do humans fuck actually? Like because they have they have clearly figured out how to fuck mm. between the two of them. I think it's like, you know, how do humans approach sex and relationships and like you know, the I think she's trying to understand the cultural aspect of it, not the like how do thing. Yeah. I still think she would have ended up on Pornhub, but <laughs> I mean, who's to say she did it? But then she could look at it and say, like, that's not too different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've done the humans wheelbarrow. Don't, like, as far as we know, humans have relatively the same junk. So apparently, so does the entire goddamn galaxy. Um, except for the Vol- except for except Klingons. For, except for Klingons. Don't ask me how, how Worf happened. Or how Worf and Al... Is it Worf that's half human? No, it's Worf and no. it's Worf's son that's no, half human. No, no, no. No, oh, Balana. That's right. Yeah. It's Balana that's um, that's that's half human, and it's Worf's son that's a quarter human. Worf was raised by humans. That's though. right. That's right. Yes. I just assume that you know, uh, you know, no, no, this this will get this won't just like your like explicit rating. This will get us kicked off the internet if I if we talk about this. Um, pay me for fanfic. <laughs> do we do we need to get uh, do we need to get Scott back on for you know a Patreon exclusive? God, <laughs> nobody pays our Patreon though. Uh, you keep the people who do keep our lights on. Uh, isn't there? I I seem to recall a Reddit thread that might have been helpful in this in this instance, but we'll we can talk about this off mic. Um, uh, do we have anything? What are, what haven't we talked about in this episode yet? It's a real focused episode. I will say that it doesn't have a lot yeah. of like side plots. It's very focused on. The, the the a plot yeah well we haven't we haven't talked about the whole mutiny plan oh yeah um <laughs> which i would i would have expected a character named remy to be able to cook better right yeah he does look a well, bit like a rat too yeah. he has a very maybe it's maybe orion's just have different taste buds because they've got like all this like they've got to deal with like all those pheromones floating around and stuff maybe maybe i, I just said that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just Orion's are, or maybe Orion is a like a food desert. I mean, like the UK. Probably some sort of book has a 
probably some sort of book in like the enhanced Star Trek universe has solved this for us. Yeah. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go track that down. I want I wanna believe that that the that the Orion that Orion pirates have beads on toast as their <laughs> breakfast. I just love that like Pike is sitting there getting the shit kicked out of him and his solution to this problem is I, I'm gonna do a mutiny with food. Yeah. I'm a cook a mutiny. And he gets thrown back into this prison and Una takes like one look at him and she's like, Oh, the an apron, I see. We're doing we're doing this again. Like Yeah. She knows I I I I think that we didn't get enough of Una in this episode because I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more. I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I, I thought it was I would have liked like maybe one more scene with her and Pike, like talking about the the the, uh, the mutiny. But I do love that we go from right from them, like bantering about the, the mutiny mm-hmm. and then Ortegas and Mbenga, like helping them, like talk up the mutiny to straight to them locked in the bridge of the ship while the entire crew yeah. bangs on the door trying to get back in. I, I feel like it's a that was a brilliant choice. Oh, like, yeah. It's a, it's a fantastic way of, like, we don't need to see any of this, just the results. Yeah. By the can we also talk about how the ship is piloted by an old-timey wheel? <laughs> yes, yes. So dumb! And I love it! It's ridiculous. I love it. It's so good. It's so dumb. Uh, it's, it's spectacular. Especially since, you know, as viewers, we're like, how the fuck does this mutiny plan work? Because they are just completely transparent about it. Oh, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> Alpha, Bra- Alpha Braga 4? Alpha Braga 4. Uh. <laughs> and like talking to the minions and stuff, it's like, hey, we're trying to incite a mutiny. Would you like us to help you incite a mutiny? Yeah. Um, it's like, it's so transparent. And then like, we don't have to, it's like, don't worry about it. It works. It's cool. It, it's basically sold on the charisma of the actors. It's like, yeah. do you believe that Pike and his crow and his cronies could incite a mutiny with a pot of chili and a good conversation multiple times? And this show, <laughs> in this and this is a show where you answer that question like, yeah, that's believable enough, yeah. at least for a little bit. And that's what makes the the last scene so so good, is it's like you absolutely believe it. It would they could do that, but maybe it doesn't stick all the way. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. And then you get that scene at the end, so it's perfect. And then and then at the end we have them back on the Enterprise and Pike <laughs> doing that awful pirate voice, and Una just please stop. <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, I love this episode. Our- we be making them walk the plank. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I just want to love, like, I love that, like, they go through the entire thing of, like, ooh, the Enterprise is a lockdown. Okay, we're going to go to engineering. We're going to resume control of the bridge. And then they're like, okay, we've been locked in. We're locked out again. Fuck, what's going on? And Angel's just high <laughs> with two yeah. phasers. And I'm just like, yes! <laughs> I love uh, a good trip. I also loved uh, Chapel's little, like, uh, hypo spray. Oh, like yeah. Assassin's creating with hyper. Sp- yeah, she like takes out. She takes out a bunch of pirates with her hypo spray when they find her in engineering. 
she's got she's like tries to like spin the hypo spray and like drops it across the console and she's like what you you're surprised or something like that oh man (laughs) (laughs) this is great there's so many there's so many good things meanwhile i'm like spock spock just just kiss to pring like you kissed chapel like i feel like this is what to pring he can't because he doesn't love her not like not like he secretly loves chapel i don't know though like i don't know okay he if he could he would but he can't it's not that he doesn't love to pring it's that he he doesn't feel comfortable expressing that degree of passion with her i think that spock knows that to pring fundamentally is in love with Spock the Vulcan, not Spock. And yeah. I think that ultimately will be what me, why they end up on it. In a, even though they've made great progress in these last couple of episodes, I think that's mm-hmm. ultimately why they end up engaged for 10 years. And then I don't know. I don't know what happens to them. I've never seen the, these TOS episodes. Uh, and I think that's but ultimately. She, she literally, she hooks up the coworker who talks to her in this episode after Kirk, after she has Kirk represent her in the fuck fight. Wait, which coworker? <laughs> the like the the Vulcan coworker who like tells her she has a message. Yeah. The the woman. Uh, no, the dude. All right. Star Trek wasn't that progressive. Meanwhile, Chapel clearly gets Spock. Yeah. And I think if Spock were to figure that out. You know. Yeah, I can't fucking wait for you to see original series and see where Chapel's at after ten fucking years of pining after that man. Yeah, like where she has been pining after Spock, and I assume getting mediocre dick from the rest of Starfleet. <laughs> She's engaged for some period of time to right. like to like that dude that makes all I, the androids. Yeah, I I don't want to talk about that because that guy is like ridiculously old comparatively and that's really uncomfortable like normally i'm not the one to do an age discourse but like that one is like mm. yeah we'll talk about it when we talk about the next episode i have some tinfoil i want to wrap around my head after we review the next episode <laughs> lovely <laughs> oh. love it one one of the little details that i really love though is you know, the in the kind of epilogue we have conversations between spock and Tapring and spock and chapel and he says the exact same line to both of them you know me well Ooh, i didn't catch that that's good uh-huh i caught i caught that the second time around that yeah it's in relation to both of them saying like no no we we know that like this was all fake. Like, obviously it was fake. You don't, you know, mm. um, you're the chapel's like, no, you're, you're a good guy. You wouldn't like, you're not the kind of guy to, you know, have a fling with somebody on the ship behind your girlfriend's back. Um, and then to is like, well, obviously this was completely, you know, completely yeah. fake. Yeah. Uh, I saw through it instantly. Um, and he responds to both of those with, you know me well. And it's like, uh, they do know him well. They do know him well. Yeah, it's because Spock is like the easiest book to read once you know once you know how to once you know how to read him. Yeah, he is easy to read. All right. Um, over, 
overall, this is a just fantastic episode. This is an S tier yeah. uh, for sure. Yeah, this is. I also love how like the two Spock episodes of the season have both been high comedy episodes, horny yeah. comedy episodes. I think that's worth calling out. I think that's one thing we were frustrated with with Babylon Five is that like it never was allowed to embrace being truly like horny on main. It always had to kind of keep it, never, it on. The, and it never really got to be funny. Yeah, yeah, and in this show is really showing that you can be both of those things and work still be a drama. Yeah. 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 Um, Oh, I, one thing I wanted to talk about, like just to go back to the cyborg of it all. <laughs> <laughs> For a character who I do not care whatsoever, knowing that cyborg has like a cool non-binary captain partner is like, congratulations, I want to see Cybok again. This is what you've done to me, Star Trek. Fuck you. Automatically <laughs> elevate Cybok's status in your mind. Oh, uh, it's, it's, I'm like, I just want you around because your boo is cool. <laughs> but I'm like, I've had those friendships. We've all been there. Like, your partner is cooler than you, so that's why I tolerate you being around here. Cybok <laughs> married knows? up. So, who knows? This might be the... We might get Cyborg redeemed. Ooh, if that happens, that's a, that's that's a that's a big ask. Yeah, if, if that happens, we will do like a bonus episode where I like mix fake Star Trek cocktails, <laughs> just so I can intoxicate myself properly. Next episode is episode eight, uh, the Elysian Kingdom. Yeah, which I'm so excited to talk about, but somebody has to go watch it first. I promise. I'll, I'll do it. Now. It only released today, and yeah. I had to do work, okay? I had yeah, to do work, fair. and I still watched it at work instead of working. <laughs> Glad my coworkers uh, don't listen to these podcasts. All right. For a lot of reasons. Until next time, you'll be walking the plank. Yar. Yar. Anna, you need to do a yard. Yar. Strange New Pods is a limited-run series by The Babylon Project, a member of the OKSO Network. All views expressed are our own. Music credits can be found in the show notes. Wear life gloriously. Are you gonna Are you gonna do the pirate voice? Ah, yes. But first, we have to be counting to three. Yar. Yar. And joining me on our our landing party are my quartermaster Jude. <coughs> 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 I can't. <do> it for... <coughs>